Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. We have anticipated Soul Sanctum would unleash such fury. It's a miracle that even the two of us were spared. That switch, it must have been a trap. But to think it could conjure up a storm this powerful. <sighs> Another demonstration of the awesome powers of alchemy. Regardless, we must not fail the next time we challenge Soul Sanctum. Next time we shall certainly. You were eavesdropping on us just now, weren't you? You must forget everything you heard. Don't worry. We'll help you forget. Yes, this time we are journeying to Mount Elf in the land of Vale to talk about Golden Sun. And I am pleased to welcome guest professor from GameIndustry.biz, as well as one of the hosts from Super Deformed Gamecast, Miss Rebecca Valentine. Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks for coming on. Great to have you. Thanks for having me on for one of my favorite games of all time. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for taking me up on the offer. The way you were, you I think you and John were going back and forth on, uh, I think it was a RPG list on why John didn't have Golden Sun uh, in his list. And don't it was get like, me started on John's bad video game opinion. True, truth. <laughs> and I noticed you loved it. And I love Golden Sun, so I reached out and it's like, hey, Want to come on? Talk about Golden Sun. It'll be fantastic. And you were gracious enough to accept. And I'm super excited because a lot of the other IP guys like Alex and whatnot have had a lot more chance to interact and talk to you. And I've only met you in person briefly at PAX, I want to say West. Would have been West, yes. 2018. um, When we got ramen, I believe it was. Uh Yeah. So. It was a good uh, evening. That was a fun time. It was a lot of fun. So I'm I'm glad to... uh, work with you a little bit on this and absolutely the whole irrational passions yeah. gang is really really cool i am lucky to have gotten to have worked with so many of them sporadically over the last year or so well i know everyone speaks very highly of you as well and we're always excited when we get a chance to hang out and chat with you so i i'm glad it's my turn so and to talk about such a great game so it's even better you know Golden Sun. Oh my god. <laughs> well, with Golden Sun, initially this game came out in Japan August 1st of 2001. North America came over in November tw- on November 12th of 2001, and in Europe it ventured over there on February 22nd, 2002. And other notable releases of 2001, we had Final Fantasy X, a big big shakeup for that series came out in 2001. Conquer's Bad Fur Day Halo Combat Evolved, a little game you might have heard of. Smash Brothers Melee came out and just started that whole craze that would turn into zaniness that it is today. <laughs> uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 redefined the open world kind of action genre. Advance Wars came out. Luigi's Mansion came out for GameCube. Funny story. At the mm. time of this recording, um, last night, 
uh, Alex O'Neill and I just finished our recording for the season finale of Video Game Book Club, which was Luigi's Mansion. So and Luigi's Mansion three is coming out, and yeah, yeah. and we're only a couple weeks away from the latest game. Um, Silent Hill two came out, and Jack and Daxter came out on uh, Naughty Dog's brilliant creation. I feel before they got all realistic looking, and uh, Nathan Drake made them a a bunch of money. (laughs) Uh, Animal Crossing. Well, the, the first one that we got on GameCube came out over here. Right. Yeah. Final Fantasy Chronicles, and uh, Ico. This was a hell of a year. I know, right? Oh it's gosh. nuts. Me- Melee alone, like, is just incredible. But wow, this this yeah. one have a year. This was uh, I was in I was still in elementary school when this came out. I was not yet in middle school. It is why Golden Sun is like mm-hmm. aside from Pokemon, Golden Sun is one of my like first concrete mem- memories of really, really being into and excited about a game and. Wow, this was there's a lot going on there, this year. There was a lot. I was in middle school myself. I want to say I was maybe seventh or eighth grade, um, in two thousand one. And let's get right into it. What was your first experience and exposure to Golden Sun? Like, tell us about where you began your Golden Sun journey. Oh, I love it. I actually have a story about this. Um, it's, I mean, it's not an amazing one, but so I, I up to this point, I had had a Game Boy Color. And I had not had any other video gaming systems. I went to an after-school program where they had, I think, like a Super Nintendo. Um, my next-door neighbor had an N64. But other than that, like, I was pretty much, a, like, strictly Pokemon. And then I think I had, a, like, a Rugrats platformer game or something. Like, I just not video gaming at all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for my birthday, or Christmas? Christmas. Christmas one year. I think it, it was after Golden Sun was had already been out for a while. So looking at these dates, I would say it was probably... It's probably Christmas of 2001. It may have been 2002. Um, But I got a Game Boy Advance for Christmas. And I got a Game Boy Advance. I got Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for the Game Boy Advance. And I also got uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit also for the Game Boy Advance. I hope hope those dates line up. If they don't, it was probably I'm thinking 2002. Because 2001, I think, was one of the first holidays that this was out. uh, That the Game Boy Advance was out. Okay, it may have been a year later. I, my memory's fuzzy. But anyway, so I got those two games. And with it, I got a Nintendo Power Advance magazine. Um, and it had in it game guides for four games. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Mario Kart Super Circuit, and then uh, Adva- one of the Advance Wars games. I, I don't actually know which one. Um, and then Golden Sun. And so I got this Nintendo Power Advance. And as as we may have been wont to do at that age, I read it cover to cover. <laughs> like all the mm-hmm. guides, even for the games I was not playing. And Golden Sun was the first game listed in there. And I fell in love with the art style. Like the, it had all this character art in it. With It had lots of little puns about the Jin and things like that. The game looked so interesting. It was so like cool and colorful. And I wanted this game so bad. And I begged for it for my birthday, which was January. So not that long after Christmas. And I got it for my birthday. And I already had the game basically memorized because I'd read the entire guide <laughs> and I, I inhaled this game. I, I think I beat it like three or four times and I, I won't go too far into this, but shortly after um, I got the game, I ended up getting stuck somewhere. I had a guide in front of me, but I got stuck on something that wasn't quite in the guide and I stumbled upon looking for an answer. This is like one of my earliest exposures to the internet is I stumbled on the old GameSpy forums oh, uh, that man. were dedicated to Golden Sun. They were part of a website. They were connected to a website called Golden Sun Realm, which is part of like 
I don't know, it was connected to like Forum Planet and all these mm-hmm. other old things. And I joined this website looking for help, this forum for help on Golden Sun. I got the help and I stuck around to talk about Golden Sun with other people on the internet. And I, I was not that old. Like I, I'm thinking now I must have been like 11 years old or something. I was, I was pretty young. Um, but this was my very first exposure to online communities. And I stuck around at that forum. I became a moderator. I later did some admin work like several years down the road. And I'm still like years and years later, that community is gone. Like GameSpy is like, either non-existent or something totally different now. Um, None of that stuff exists anymore, but I was there for long enough and I forged such strong friendships that I'm now still pals with a small group of people who I originally met on that forum and I attended one of their weddings earlier this year. Oh, wow. So that's Golden Sun. Golden Sun, bringing people together. (laughs) I love this game so much. The world over. How cool is that, though, that you... Um, We recently talked to another uh, individual, Eric Sapp, from... that's heavy strikers and ign he's done stuff and he's we talked about fantasy star online and his experience connecting with people through forums like early forums and everything very similar to your experience with the golden sun forums and it's one thing we touched on was how games are so much more than just a simple hobby to so many people that it's a really it's real friendships and relationships can be formed um, through the bond and the joys of the genre and just video games. And that was that was a really cool story. Really, really, yeah, really it's good it's story. it's really cool to hear about those things. And I think I think Golden Sun was definitely kind of in that category of games that existed as forum culture was kind of butting up and then falling back down again, you know, as as people sort of figured out the wild west of the internet and how to connect with one another. So yeah, that's like a whole era of games that really, Mm -hmm. really brought people together in interesting ways. And I know we're not talking specifically about the Lost Age too, but I know the Lost Age had a whole lot to do with that because it came out a couple years later and that just brought this whole new boom of people that, Mm -hmm. you know, joined the forum and connected. I I don't know. I just, I have so many fond memories that are like tangentially related to Golden Sun, but have actually, actually nothing to do with the game itself. Yeah. And it, like the wedding story and everything you just told it's fantastic and yeah. lost age and even dark dawn deserve their own episode so i'm sure there will be episodes dark dawn of- does not i'll fight you on that but <laughs> it's your show you can do what you want i mean not every show necessarily has to be happy memories you could rail on how it kind of botched a lot of things but i would argue that i have no memories of dark dawn <laughs> i haven't that's the only one i haven't beaten truth truth be told oh, yeah um it it bugged me how you didn't get to see a lot of the uh, the original cast. Yeah, but. I mean, I I won't drag my complaints about Dark Dawn into this episode. <laughs> Too many good things to say Too, about actual exactly, Golden Sun. Exactly, exactly. For my my personal uh, exposure and first taste of Golden Sun is a bit more uh, mischievous, I suppose, and uh, <laughs> questionable. Um, when I was younger, I. I had Nintendo Power, so I had been seeing... I, w- I had been following the Game Boy Advance launch very, very closely. I was very excited for it. I, I grew up with Game Boys, so I had the Game Boy, the original Great Brick. I had the Game Boy Color. I never had a pocket. Um, but with the Advance coming out, I was like, oh, man, this looks so cool. And I really, really wanted one for Christmas that year, uh, 2001. And my mom, where she worked at the time... Uh, I guess a Game Boy Advance had been left in the lost and found for a number of months at at where she worked. 
I know where this is going. My mom did the exact same thing to me with stuff. So, so good. for Christmas, I got a used from a, a lost and found bin Game Boy Advanced clamshell or not clamshell. This was far before the clamshell. Um, yeah. The base model, no backlit screen, nothing. But I got Castlevania Circle of the Moon and Golden Sun as my first games with my question, questionably procured Game Boy Advanced. And I absolutely loved it. Um, the Golden Sun was like the one game I was like, oh, please, just give me a Game Boy Advanced and Golden Sun. That's all I want for Christmas. Please, 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 please. And uh, I ended up getting it and having i have fond memories of having to position myself in just the right way on the couch in our living room so that the sun would shine on the screen so i could actually see what was going on <laughs> and uh, i had one of those little worm lights that you plugged mm-hmm. into the top of your game boy advance yeah. and it like it did a little swirly and it's like a little book light but oh, yeah. for game boy advances yeah i got one of those uh like bundle packs i think mad cats produced at one point that had like a screen magnifier that you attached to the top mm, yeah and it had like a light attack like the light, the squiggly light i know i had at one point um but it turned your game boy advance into like some horrific frankenstein monstrosity <laughs> when you had all the attached attachments on but it, it kind of helped it kind of helped but i absolutely fell in love with the magic system with the gin and the story and the characters and i love the art style and it even to this day i i think it still holds up incredibly well in so many regards um but yeah that, it really does it's it's yeah. genuinely i mean i i know i have you know rose-colored glasses yeah. on but i mean i just as we're talking about this i have like all these other memories flooding mm-hmm. back like i i remember i used to keep it in i i wore this giant hoodie when i ran track in mm-hmm. middle school and i would shove it into the front pocket of this giant hoodie while i was just you know waiting for my events to come up and i would walk around the track with these old like cassette tape headphones on plugged into the Game Boy Advance listening to the like Tolby Colosso Golden Sun music at these track beats like the biggest stupid nerd Um, and I beat I beat the game I remember Mm. in the parking lot of the Russell Stover factory outlet while I was traveling to see family with my parents and they wanted to go into the outlet but I didn't want to go in because I had just beat the um was it the fusion, fusion dragon? dragon yeah, yeah. That's I, I, the I, I can't mix up with doom dragon um but I, I just beat the fusion dragon and i hadn't saved yet but i they were like really dragging me because i was like a kid like i can't oh, yeah. sit in the car um, and i was so mad because they wouldn't let me take the game boy and i was so worried that the battery was gonna die in the car but it didn't i beat i beat it anyway but yeah it's just it's held up so well i went back and played it again um I think just not not even a year ago. I think mm-hmm. I think it's like maybe a little over a year ago that I last played through it, and it's still quite good. Yeah, it does it's... a lot of really cool things, um, especially, and we'll get into probably this a little later. Especially like the class system and more of the intricate details of the game that, yeah. at least for me, I didn't get at all when I first played when I was younger. Oh, no, I was terrible. I just assigned Jin to whichever element character mm-hmm. they went to because I didn't understand. Like, I, I mixed them up, and it seemed to me to, like, a you know, a, a young, not quite a teenager, that they were weaker this way. And so I was like, ah, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So I was very vanilla with all my Jin selections, which I deeply regret. Yeah. But we can... That's, that's the joy of... One of the joys of adulthood. We can look back and 
when we replay these games, it's like, oh my gosh, I remember having such difficulty with this, or oh gosh, why did I, why did I choose to do it that way? You know. What was um, the hardest boss for you? I remember having a lot of problems with Fusion Dragon. Fusion Dragon kicked my butt a lot. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, I remember you weren't like you weren't even quite. You were like maybe level twenty mm-hmm. when you beat the Fusion Dragon, and the levels go up to a hundred, which is just. I think they go up to a hundred, right? Because in the last age, they go up that high, and you actually use most of the levels. But I'm you, you just to felt so low level because they were originally. Isn't that right? Isn't Golden Sun and the Lost Age were originally supposed to be one game? Yes, I re- I, I, I think that's that true. That sounds familiar. That sounds but familiar. It, it is it is like really weird because it does it does in many ways feel like a complete game just in terms of the story arc of Isaac mm-hmm. and his friends, you know, going on the, to stop Ceteris and Minardi. Um, but it you know it's very weird. Like they talk about all these far off la- lands. They talk about Hesperia. They talk about four lighthouses. You only see two of them. Um, it's just, it's very weird. Like, like the cadence of that game, it does, it does feel in many ways like a game that has been split, not even quite in half because the bulk of it is in the Lost Age. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing, like looking back, especially now, it's like, I'm surprised they never did as game cartridge sizes increased with the Game Boy Advance, why they never did a complete, like a Golden Sun complete on Game Boy Advance yeah. or even on the DS. Like combine I'm- the two of those, especially with the, crazy insane password that you could use to transfer <laughs> stuff over the password the 96 no. passwords for like the to carry over everything oh. and you mess up like one character and you have to go through the whole like six pages trying to find where you messed it up oh, oh no. gosh that those were terrible what a what a horrible way we think friend codes now are bad oh, no yeah. Golden Sun Passwords, I don't know any other game that used anything like that. but Especially not ooh. to that extent. It was case sensitive, and it was numbers and letters and symbols. And, and you couldn't write it down for other people because you had to like specify in your handwriting whether it was the letter O or a zero. Yeah. And things, or like a one or an I or an L because it would, you know, it, like it didn't. Like Nintendo Switch now cuts out anything that could be a duplicate, but yeah. it didn't do that back then, no. Back in our day, we had eight pages of 64 characters just to transfer over our characters. Uh. <laughs> we didn't have these handy-dandy save files that you could just load when you boot up a new game. No, I did not. Oh, that was fun. Did you ever do Did you ever do Crossbow Isle? Yes. Yes, I did. I believe so. Did you go at the end of the game, or did you try to go on the boat? Uh, I tried to. I, I randomly ended up there, I want to say. Um, and was messing around with it. It's been so long. That's one of the things. It's been so long since I've like dove deep into another playthrough that I don't, I remember some of the big story beats, but a lot of the locations I'm like, oh, crossbone. What's that? Oh, the light. Okay. Oh, you know, I, I have a tip because I read that guide. I read that stupid Nintendo power guide over and over. I have weird things from this game memorized. So I could tell you, for instance, that if you were on the boat and you wanted to go to Crossbone Isle early, you would have to pick the rowers in order. Uh, The guy with the long hair, the balding man, the chef, and then the old man. If you pick those four rowers in order, you will go to Crossbone Isle. And I have this memorized because I read this guide so many times at the breakfast table over Cheerios. Um, I could tell you the the weird little code to change your character's names at the beginning of the game if you want to change all of them and not just Isaac. That's right. There was that code, wasn't there? Yeah. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, up, right, down, left, up, select. Sorry. 
That's Everything's memorized. That's that's <laughs> not impressive. impressive. That is knowledge that's taking up space that, in my ba- that brain that I'm not using That could be a Jeopardy question else. one day. I'm just saying. Future Jeopardy. Well, Jeopardy doesn't know its own Tetris pieces. I don't think it's going to ask for Golden Sun. You never know. There could be. They Maybe they'll do like a special uh, Gamer Jeopardy version. Who knows? Gamer maybe Jeopardy. I'll do a, a special RPG University Jeopardy edition. And oh, it'll would just be, great. be RPG <laughs> Jeopardy. And I'm going to include this just for you. I would come on only for the Golden Sun questions. There you I go. haven't played. I, I don't know enough RPGs well enough to knock any other questions <laughs> out. That would actually be a fun idea. I'll have to. I'll have to ponder this further. But. <laughs> but yeah, I. Sorry, uh, I'm just. I'm just thinking of so many things. I'm thinking of how great this game no, is in like so many share. ways. So it's got. It's got like this. This story. It's. It's like a very vanilla story, right? Like, okay, yeah. there's these four like elemental lighthouses that they get lit. The world gets destroyed. You have, it's, I guess it's kind of a reverse because normally it's you want to light the lighthouses, and that is what it is in the Lost Age. But at the start of this game, it stopped the people from lighting the lighthouses. Um, but it's just all the characters. It's all the, this cute little sprite work, and it's all so cute, and it's all very detailed. The art is gorgeous. The um, the, the music, uh, Motoi Sakuraba, is like the same guy who did Batten Kaitos mm-hmm. and a whole bunch, some of the Tales games and uh, uh, Dark Souls for some reason. Like the same guy who composed Dark Souls also composed Golden Sun. And I think like Sakuraba has. I, th- I think he has a thing where, like, a lot of his music sounds really samey, mm-hmm. but Golden Sun is one of the ones that does not sound samey at all, but it's still very distinctly him. And I just, ah, oh, I loved, like, the minute you go into Soul Sanctum and those chimes start up, oh, it still yeah. gives me chills. It is. The soundtrack is fantastic. And when we get to the, um, one of the things that came up a lot in people's memories that mm. submitted was the soundtrack, how good the soundtrack was, how people listen to the soundtrack, uh, and still to this day listen to the soundtrack. It is fantastic. Um, I think Venus Lighthouse is one of the best Final Dungeon themes I have ever heard. I, it, Mars Lighthouse in the second game pales in comparison to Venus Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just, it's just incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the, all the. That's the thing. All these memories just like flood back, and you're just like, oh, 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 re- remember this one time? And like, I'm just remembering, granted, this kind of ties into Lost Age, but how literally the end of the first game is just continued on into the second game. You know, yeah, like how that, they're that leaving weird the little lighthouse. extra scene, and they're on the island, and it's like floating away. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that's just where you are. Like it just picks right up, except you're playing as different characters. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it, it really, it really did definitely feel like a game split in two, um, for some reason. But they're like it, it and that it was so weird. Like 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 Shiba shows up at the very end of the first game, and you have no idea you... who she is or why she's important. Mm-hmm. And then she's like a whole main character in the second game. But we spent you know what two three I don't know how long it was between I the first game and the second Shiba game. I could have sworn Shiba was mentioned at least a bunch or towards the end, like the last quarter or something of the first game. She was, like, mentioned a lot, but she shows up and has, like, two lines. Yeah. And then Felix dives off the lighthouse to save her, and you're like, what? Is this, it's so, there's just so much going on, but it was so, can you imagine if they had never made The Lost Age? Like, can you, can you imagine if they had just stopped and we had never gotten a sequel and we were still wondering what the hell happened? Like, like, holy crap. I mean, The Lost Age, when that ended, I know we were all mm-hmm. you know, begging for a, a third game for so many years. And then we got one, and it was disappointing in many respects. Yeah. Um, but at least the second game had, like, a, a fairly clear, like, ending. Like, there was some ambiguity, but th- there was, like, okay, we have solved the problem, and we are all going home, and we are all, you know, happily ever after for the most part. 
Um, but the, like the first game and the second game, like I I need to look up how big that gap was, but the, just such a cliffhanger to, to end on. Oh, I know it. It literally just feels like a page break, like a ch- end of Act One. As I, mean, I think it, it does really feels like that's how it's supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, oh, yeah. it does it does things like the the opening menus theme song is called something like uh, "Turn the Page" or like like Chapter One. Mm-hmm. It, it does it does some sort of like book reference or whatever, and yeah, it's like like a Chapter One and a Chapter Two. And kind of speaking of Felix and the intro to this game, what a impactful like heavy intro to a, an RPG with. Admittedly, cartoony, very cartoony and oh, bright graphics. Oh, the big graphics. boulder falling down the mountain looks stupid as all get out. But then, like, but at like, the end of it, the you have a child die, die, and, like, the father's die, and they're drowning, and then Felix is suspected to be dead because he couldn't hold on, and he's washed away. And it's like, what? Yeah, like, in the this first ten minutes of the game, you've killed, a chi- you've killed a child and two people's parents, and you have a, a girl who's apparently an orphan. Oh, and, yeah, Isaac's dad, too. Yeah. The, uh, allegedly. Yeah, wow. It, it is, like, really dark, but, like, awkwardly cartoony, and then immediately after they all die, you, it cuts to three years later, mm-hmm. and it's all happy and sunny and playing the beautiful veil music, uh, and, and oh, Garrett's falling through the roof. Yes. Yeah. This game has so many like weird bits of humor. So we were trying to, I was, I was trying to, and then it it wasn't great. So so Scott had to save me. Um, but we were trying to find a an intro to read off for the podcast, uh, a bit to do. And I remember this game being just hilarious. But when you actually look at the lines being said, none <laughs> of them are very funny. Most of them are very straightforward. But I remember things like Isaac trying to get to the other side of town to visit Creighton and. I mean, we all we know video games have weird things like, oh, you can't pass because there's like a boulder in the way or a slightly mm-hmm. differently colored patch of ground. Isaac runs into things like, oh, there's a bunch of puppies playing here. We just shouldn't <laughs> disturb them, or you, you, weird things like that. Or I don't even know, like Garrett falling through the roof looks absolutely ridiculous. Um, if you continually refuse the Jin uh, Flint to mm-hmm. join your party, he like gets progressively angrier and angrier with you. Um, you can just. You can just do all these weird things. You can mind read people and they have like weird, like silly throwaway lines for no reason. And it's just, there's a, there's a quest I think, yeah. to unlock an area for a gin where you have to mind read a dog and the dog like has to tell you where he buried his bone. Like It's all ridiculous. I there's love a, the mind there's read There's a city synergy, with dragon statues spitting water and everybody's complaining about how gross it is that it's monster spit. That's also the one where it's like the fortune fountain or something where you could bet things and then depending on where the coin lies, you get a different item. Yeah, well, it's a different city, but it like it rolls around. It like hits turtles. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you can get like dresses and things out of it. <laughs> oh. it... You want to know another way? Sorry, I keep like I just keep no, like rattling no off me... things and not like letting you break in. You want to know another weird Golden Sun fact? Have you ever played... I, I swear this is not a total non sequitur. Have, have you ever played the Mario Golf game for Game Boy Advance? I have not, but I've heard really good things about it because it's made by Camelot who made this. Mario Golf Advance Tour. If you have never looked at this game, open up a YouTube video. Just like... Just like... A, get, like Do one without like commentary or whatever. Just open up like a full playthrough of this game. And click ahead a little bit, like get get through the intro. It is Golden Sun. It is Golden Sun Golf. I am not kidding. Can I 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not kidding you. Like, it is it is made, like, it's very clearly in the same engine, using all the same assets, like, tons of the same sprites, uh, all the NPCs, this is another weird thing about Golden Sun, all the NPCs when they talk, they go, <laughs> like, little chipmunks, yeah. for some reason, like, I don't know why, but that's how they decided to do speech in this game, they did the exact same thing in Mario Golf, um, the music is very, very similar, everything is just, it's basically, if Golden Sun was a golf game, like the, the golf maps, like if you played a golf game before, when you're like scouting out like how far to hit the ball so it can mm-hmm. get to the hole, it's literally the Golden Sun Overworld, just with like a golf flag on it. <laughs> I'm not kidding; it's so weird. Um, but Camelot made both games, and I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not shitting on a developer for. Sorry, I hope I can say shit. Yeah, um, you're good. I'm wow, not, I'm this, not this on is a very, very for... similar. I'm looking. I'm watching a video right now. Like, like, of course, if you yeah. have all the assets ready, you can make a golf game out of it. Like, please make a golf game out of it. Power to you. Because it is apparently an excellent game. Yeah. I have it's heard just, that. It's absolutely hilarious. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know that this game existed, but, um, the, a couple of years ago, the guy I was, da- I was with at the time, um, he had a little Game Boy Micro and he was playing Mario Golf advanced tour on it for some reason and i walked into the room and he had never played golden sun and i knew he never had and i heard the music playing and i ran up to him and i'm like are you playing golden sun he was not he was playing mario golf <laughs> wow what a what a culture shock or like what a, <laughs> a shock to the system that must have been to think he's playing golden sun and then golf game golf game golf game. i did de- i did develop a deeper appreciation for golf games because of him but that's beside the point I, I might have to try this out. This actually looks kind of cool, and it, it's apparently it, very good. Like, has a good story, and really is just like Golden Sun with golf. The NPCs look like exactly the same, except like more mm-hmm. of them are wearing shorts and less of them are wearing swords. I guess. So the swords would have made it. Like, if you could golf with a sword, man, golf with a sword. sign me. And then they up. made like Mario. That's the other like weird kind of. Uh, like culture shock playing Mario Golf Advance Tour because Mario's in it, and so then you suddenly see Mario in the Golden Sun universe. <laughs> like what? That's the only way we'll ever get Mario in the Golden Sun universe. I don't know if I want Mario in there. I really want. And I, I want. I, I mean, Isaac in Smash. I will I do forever. Want Isaac in I will until the day I die, or until they give it to us. Give uh, give us Isaac as a playable character, not just an assist trophy. Yeah, I think I think to me it's really honest. I don't want him in there anymore because I don't want any more sword guys with with like spiky hair. But I I think I'm really frustrated by the fact that I don't want that anymore because I feel like they put too many Fire mm-hmm. Emblem characters in, and I also feel like they're gonna put more in because of Three Houses. And so I have I always have to disclaim this. I have no insider information. This is just me speculating. Um, but but yeah, like yeah. I don't. I, I don't want any more sword guys, but I wish we could like cut half the Fire Emblem cast and put Isaac in instead. Yeah. Too many Fire Emblems. Completely agree. I think <laughs> Isaac could be a really interesting... I think you could do a lot with him and very just yeah. minuscule... Have all of his special attacks and everything be synergy. Perfect. But just oh, his absolutely. standard like normal attacks, have that be just him cutting with a sword or... <sighs> yeah. Can you imagine, like, him summoning Ramses or something, or Thor as his, like, just all of his summons. Oh, his summons final smash would have to be his final judgment. Sm- sum- or his final smash. It'd be fantastic. His final smash would have to be judgment. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Which reminds me of another weird golden something. Sorry, I actually don't know how much time we have. So no, I'm, it's as so- long as we want, really, and 
just coming up with random memories is the purpose of this. So don't <laughs> okay, don't feel like you have to apologize. This is this is the purpose of the show. So do you remember back in like again the days of the internet wild west where information was just kind of like whatever you said it was? Um, we had um, there there'd be like weird rumors about games, right? Like there'd be rumors like. Like, this is slightly, this is far, pretty far past the time of, oh, you can get Mew under the truck in Pokemon Red and Blue or whatever by the SSN. Is this, but this like, was, Peek-a-Blue era? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I remember, like, a, several of the weird rumors that went around at the time about Golden Sun about things you could do. So, like, there was one, there was, so, like, Judgment, the summon, this is why I thought of this. There was a rumor that there was another summon you could unlock called Dragon Judgment. And there, there were all these, like, things on Twitter, or not Twitter, Twitter didn't exist then, things on the forums, like, where people would come in and share, like, these, these really obviously doctored images of how they had gotten dragon judgment or whatever, and it was basically, like, jug- judgment, but a dragon, and it's just very, very ridiculous, or, um, I'm trying to think what some of the other weird ones were, like, I don't know, like, weird ways that you could get other characters playable, or... Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, there was like there was like a secret sword you were supposed to be able to unlock or whatever, um, and just, just all these weird things. Like I remember, I remember like spending a ridiculous amount of time trying to like clip through a mountain in Golden Sun so I could go like to a special place on the world map and try to find like this hidden sword or this hidden summon or something. And you know, obviously, you never did it. Shout out to old cheats and, like, old myths yeah. of video games. I'm trying to remember. I feel like there was another one that I'm just, like, just totally forgetting what it was. But if somebody remembers what some of the weird old Golden Sun myths from the internet, I would love to be reminded of those. Yeah, leave them in, uh, leave a comment down below and let us know, because that would be fun. That would be fun to, to reminisce about. But we haven't even touched on the crazy... Uh, the use of magic in the open world, like all the yeah. puzzle aspect. So good. Like the dungeons were almost puzzles in and of themselves with how you had to use your synergy uh, and all the like push and grab and douse and all these things that you could use in battle, but also serve such a big purpose in just traversal and exploring the world. Yeah, and it was pretty, it was a little hand-holdy at the, at the beginning. I mean, you know, you know, no, it really wasn't. It really didn't give you a super clear idea of what to do every time. Like, it would give you little hints. Like, at the very beginning, it tutorialized really well. I remember mm-hmm. the the opening of the game, after after the three years later jump, you see Garrett using move on one of those big stone pillars. And so you watch him do that, and then the next time you see something like that, it looks exactly the same, and you're supposed to know, oh, Garrett can use this thing called move on these stone pillars and make them move out of the way. And then you see Ivan use whirlwind a little bit later to blow away some leaves, and then you know you can do that. You also see Ivan use mind read. But then pretty much after that, I mean, I think I think you might see Mia use frost pretty early on, like when you see her mm-hmm. in Mercury Lighthouse, so you understand that you can use that. Um, I, I think I think you can do that, but after that, it's fairly vague about the things you can do. Because I remember you get the douse drop at one point, mm-hmm. but it's never explicitly said how you're supposed to use that. And you can, I think most of the ways that you use douse are optional. Um, there's force that you get at one point, and force you can't use force in battle. You can use some of these things in battle. You can't use force in battle, um, but force is entirely optional. You can skip it. Um, you can. 
Isn't there a forest they, you have to navigate with force? Is that right? Um, might have been. Cause, yeah, because I mean, you got you got to knock the animals out of the stumps, right? And then you follow them, or is that uh, is that is that Lost Age? I no, it's not. It's the first game. It's a Mogul forest. Okay, but yeah, you yeah. had like reveal that like reveal a bunch of hidden things. You had the whirlwind that lifted things. You had tons, tons of different things. You had lift. You had frost. You had douse. You had growth. Um, lash. Growth was another fun one because you didn't. Uh, it never told you about growth. Like you would just see plants around, and there was no mm-hmm. indication of how you were supposed to get that. You had to either put a margin on Isaac or a, a, a Venus gen on Garrett to get that, but no one ever told you. It relied on the fact that you were experimenting. And that's what games should do: that reward you with experimenting. Yeah, I don't. I think I think growth was required to finish the game, though, because I think there was one area where you had to use growth to move forward. I feel like that's true. I think there was be. like a a cliff or a mountain or something you had to climb up, and you yeah. had to incorporate. Also, lash might have been one. You lash is thinking... lash is definitely lost stage. That's one of the first ones you get in okay. lost stage. You get that one by navigating a monastery, I think, where lash is like their sacred technique, and I always thought it was hilarious that. The sacred technique of this sect of monks up in the mountain somewhere was lifting a piece of rope from one nail to another nail a slight distance away. Like, I don't know why you're so High achievers. of this technique. Overachievers right there. <laughs> you're doing great. Like, they're, they're sitting there trying to learn to hover, and the one guy keeps, like, tipping over. And, oh, God. This game is so silly. Mm-hmm. I, was thinking about, I was thinking about that, too, just a second ago with force, because if you don't have force... When you go into whatever cave it is, uh, it's the one with the is it the one with the stat the water statues? I think it's the one with the water, the spitting statues. I think, um, but there's a part where you're supposed to knock on the wall, or it's like a sign that says "Don't knock on the wall, you might cause an avalanche," which obviously means you're supposed to knock on the wall. Oh yeah. And if you if you have force, you have to use force. Like the scene does not play if you have force. But if you skipped that whole section, because you can get through Mogul Forest without it if you know the way or just guess correctly. Um, if you don't have force, then Garrett comes out and he's like, ha ha, don't knock on the wall. What a stupid sign. And then he kicks the wall and a giant boulder falls down. <laughs> like, okay, man. Nicely done. GG. GG. Um, Great job. MVP. Yeah. So did you have a, a favorite um, dungeon in this game? Ooh, I mean, definitely Venus Lighthouse. Venus Lighthouse mm-hmm. was just the best. I I wish, I, and I loved how interconnected Venus Lighthouse was. So there's there's Venus Lighthouse the first, which is the area you go into when you actually get to the base of Venus Lighthouse, and you go in there. Mm-hmm. And this was this was wild too because this is another thing that the game only explained in riddles, and you just kind of had to figure out. So like, there's a statue um, at the at the very end of the first Venus Lighthouse section that you go through. And uh, it says something like, um, is this something about uh, selecting your path or whatever? And then it kind of gives you some directions. Mm -hmm. And it'll light up one of three paths. Or one of two paths. And one of them is a direct route. Or no, yeah, it's one of three. One of them is a direct route into the lighthouse proper. The other one is a roundabout route that gets you a treasure chest. And the other one, it's all blocked off, I think. 
And so you go all the way to the end. You go to Babby Lighthouse, which is another really great one because this is this old man who went to this legendary land called Lemuria once, and he got this water of life that basically made him live forever. And he send, he he starts to run out of this water, and so he sends a bunch of boats out to try to you know find this land again so he can get more water of life, but they all fail. And so in order to find Lemuria, instead of doing any number of other things he could be doing, he decides to build a whole nother lighthouse <laughs> of his own just so he can stand on top and look around and hope to see Lemuria. Like, like talk about a man wasting his money and time and effort and energy of other people. Like, he's yeah. been in charge of a town and the town is in shambles and he's building this light. It's actually quite depressing, um, but he's, he's kind of a terrible man. And then he dies in the second game anyway, whatever. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> but anyway, you go to Babby Lighthouse, which is this guy's name mm-hmm. is Babby, and it's kind of in ruins, and you, you descend through this lighthouse, and you, you go through the ruins, and you find an, a whole extra section of Venus Lighthouse that's, like, connected to it, and then depending on which path you lit up um, in the game, like, five hours earlier, however long it was, you follow that path, and you get up into the Venus Lighthouse itself, and there's this whole other section of sand puzzles, and it's just... It's this really long, cool dungeon, and it, it's playing kind of this, you know, weird, like, dark uh, cave music mm-hmm. for most of it. But then there's a point where all of a sudden you see, like, the architecture of a lighthouse, because you've already seen it once in Mercury, and then you saw it again when you were in the beginning of Venus Lighthouse mm-hmm. earlier. And you go up the, these stairs, and as you emerge, you see this, like, relief of a tree on the floor, a synergy stone on the floor in front of you, which you're probably exhausted at this point because you've already done like a whole dungeon and a half, oh, basically. Yeah. And the music kicks in. Oh, the music oh. in Venus Lighthouse is so good. Yes. Oh, I love Venus Lighthouse. I love the whole thing. It's great. The setup for it is great. And you walk in and you immediately feel like, all right, this is it. Shit's getting real now. This is it. We're in the end game, folks. What's it, What's your favorite? I really like, like you said, Venus Lighthouse is really good. Um, it's that good. It's just, it. you're hyped for it at that point, and you're just like powering through, and it's like, okay, we got to do this. Um, the Colosso I really liked as well. I thought that was really Colosso's good. fun. I loved the amount of ways you could mess with that. Oh, yeah. Like, you could do it. I got really good at doing it on my own without any support from my team after a point. But it's still pretty hard, and you can do it. You can do all these things, like you can position your other three characters with different synergy, like in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll, you can like have me a frost, like a, fro- a puddle to make a frost pillar, so you can go through an area faster. You can have Ivan whirlwind some stuff out of the way, or all these other different things. And it, it was cool. You cheat. You cheat the yeah. whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I just love the interactivity with going through the dungeons and having to figure out how to get through the different areas and puzzles using your synergy to to do so and yeah. adjusting your gin so you can have the correct spells to progress if you need them and yeah, I liked. I mean, we mentioned it already. I liked Crossbone Isle a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought Crossbone Isle was nice because I thought it made use of a lot of the synergy that didn't get a ton of use elsewhere in the game. Like, it made you had to have force to get through. You had to have halt, which I think halt is a really interesting one that you only you really only use for one gen. Otherwise, did you know if you cast halt on someone um, and then try talking to him, it will only display one the like the first letter character of their dialogue? <gasps> no, I didn't know that. So weird. Why would I use halt on innocent people? What were you doing? 
Uh, I actually learned that from someone's memory on Reddit when I posted for people to share this. Oh, that's so nice. Whoever you are, you're a monster. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, and I love the aspect of hunting down the djinn and how well some of them were hidden and you really had to track them down to get to get everyone. Yeah, weren't there three or four that were on the overworld and you had to go to the mm-hmm. exact right spot on the overworld to find them? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was challenging and cool um yeah props to the people that were able to do all that without a guide of any sort that was not me i'd already read the guide oh yeah um <laughs> but yeah there were i think 20 some jen maybe almost 30 in the first game. 28 is right because then you could have seven on each character mm-hmm. if that sounds correct and then if and you then... use your super crazy giant code you could transfer them or have them all available to you in the next game when you can get even more and yeah, that one got really wild. That one, I think, got up to the 70s, I think, in total. And you had eight characters you could spread them across. Mm-hmm. Um, I did appreciate with that game that you could... There were four overworld gen locations. So you transfer your data. And then after you... Tra- I think they were all on the post game. Like, you had to get on the ship and find them. But you transfer your data. They gave you one freebie of each element. So, like, if I transferred my data from the first game and I only had 27 gin instead of 28 and I was missing, like, Geode or something mm-hmm. from Crossbone Isle, then I would be able to find Geode on the world map in the second game. But they only gave you one of each element. Like, you couldn't go in missing two Venus gin or you didn't get, get them both. Oh, good to know. That's interesting. Did not and that know. was an important part of it, too, because you had to transfer... Because if you didn't, if you didn't transfer into the last age with all your, and get all those jin, then you weren't able to access the final two summon tablets in the last age and the hardest boss in the game, Dulahan. Someone's memory was just fuck Dulahan. It... Dulahan's terrible. <laughs> I never beat Dulahan. I fully admit that. Mm. I just didn't. I didn't bother. I I beat what the whatever the name of the skull man on Crossbone Isle is. Blackbeard, Deadbeard, Redbeard, Breadbeard, I don't know. Bonebeard, um, who knows? Bonebeard. I think it was Deadbeard. Deadbeard sounds correct to me. Um, I beat him, and it, that one sucks because the item you get for beating him is Cursed. Um, and Cursed sucks in Golden Sun. It's very annoying. You can't dequip those items, I don't think, and they, like, hurt you, and it's just very obnoxious. I think, I think there's a ring that, that gets rid of the curse, but there, you only get one in the whole game. Um, but I beat him. I did, but I didn't bother with Dulahan. He was too hard. Yeah. I don't think I ever even got to Dulahan, to tell you the truth. That dungeon is really cool The that he's in. Mm-hmm. You get, I think, Isis at the very beginning. Or Chara. No, you get... Maybe I did beat Dulahan. Because I think I had Isis. Anyway, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, I played a lot of Golden Sun. Yeah. It, it's a... Good game. It is a very, very good game. Making me itchy to play it again. Yeah. See, that's one of the biggest issues I've had with recording the show is every time I talk to someone and we get into talking about our memories and how hype a game makes us feel, I instantly want to play that game. But I don't have time to play through eight RPGs all at the same time. It's no, unfortunate I need to make a work for a living so I can afford <laughs> things. And then on top of new games that are coming out and the other responsibilities I have, and it's like, ah, 
I want to play all these. I want to. I, I want to like right after this. I want to go play Golden Sun, but it's like no. I have to. I have to edit video and reviews of another fantastic RPG that uh, embargo lifts tomorrow and. Ooh. Uh, Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3, highly recommend Ooh, it. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, it's. I just want to play all the games. I do think that you have a specific problem with JRPGs, because I think of all the game genres out there, JRPGs have maybe, maybe the most room to age gracefully, because top-down, sprite-based mm-hmm. games that are slow-moving, like turn-based, so you're not worried about you're not trying to do button inputs mm-hmm. in a specific way or whatever. They they still look good. You know what mm-hmm. are we? Oh at? yeah, ten, almost twenty. We are almost twenty. We are years almost out at the twentieth anniversary. Gone. Holy shit! Of Golden How? Sun. How have I been playing Golden Sun for nearly twenty years? This is so messed up. Anyway, um, yeah. So it it still looks good. Like I have I played Golden yeah. Sun for a little bit earlier this year, and it still looks extremely cute and sweet and nice. Um, it's Again, it's like slow paced, so you know I, I'm just like walking around and you know yeah. getting a on things. So it doesn't it doesn't need to have super it doesn't need to have like a high FPS or something, and it just it it plays nicely. Like all mm-hmm. the things that made that game good, like the Jin system and the the synergy systems are the things that are the most interesting gameplay wise about Golden Sun, and those things are still quite interesting because I haven't really seen any other game do anything quite the same way. And it so, has a yeah. lot of hidden complexity to it that you really could invest a lot of time into really nailing down with the classes and uh, what will get you what and farming, yeah. farming like the h- hidden items and stuff, yeah. like the hidden uh, the hidden weapons that you can get off monsters or like all the weird little little quirks of the system where like you can if you kill an enemy with the with a Jin of the opposite element, it does it gives you double experience and has a higher chance of dropping yeah. items, which the game never tells you under any circumstances. It just does a weird little like kind of color flash when you beat the monster that mm-hmm. way, and you're just kind of left to guess as to what that meant. It's it's cool. Like that you're right, there is so much hidden complexity in Golden Sun, and they only add to that in the Lost Age with all the different interactions the synergies have mm-hmm. with different things and all the little hidden things that you can find by exploring the game. And truthfully, I didn't. I didn't even know about that in hand or extra experience if you kill an enemy with the opposing element until I was actually getting the monster stats for your pick for monster of the week. <laughs> and they mentioned it. And I was like, "What? I had no idea. That's so cool." Yeah. But in terms of touching a little bit on the aging gracefully part, I think. 2D sprite work, like really good 2D sprite work, regardless of how photorealistic photorealistic we get with games, or good sprite work will always be good sprite work. Yes. I think. And we will, I think game players and artists will always be able to appreciate that. Whereas early 3D work, really up through PS2, (laughs) it's lost its charm. Like, Not I love fantastic. Final Fantasy VII, but ooh, those those overworld sprites, they have a certain bit of charm to them, but ooh. And see, I think this is getting a little bit away from Golden Sun, but I agree with you. I have, I mean, you can tell I got into games around the time of Golden Sun for the mm-hmm. most part, and that's a little bit late. I mean, I'm not, that, I was still young then, but I wasn't like a kid kid. I was, you know, getting yeah. into the teenage years, so that was a little bit late. So I missed, like, playing Final Fantasy VII when it came out. 
and I've played it since, and I cannot get into Final Fantasy VII. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it, I think it's the visuals. I think it's other things too. But I just really, really struggle to like that game. But I have gone back and played Chrono Trigger, which, like Golden Sun, top-down yeah. 2D sprite-based game, RP, JRPG, fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite games of all time. Um, and I, I think that game has aged just absolutely wonderfully and i think golden sun has aged wonderfully too i never i never have to have any caveats with recommending golden sun to people i mean i guess like if if they don't like jrpgs i guess but if if somebody i know just generally likes rpgs and they haven't played golden sun i'm like no go back give give it a shot if you do it it's It's a good it's good and the first game is short too it's it's not that it's maybe like 20 hours i think max yeah that's not Um, bad it's it's not terribly long at all, and if you get through it and love it, there's a whole, like, 40-hour game after that, and if you don't love it, then, you know, whatever. Move on with your life. You made the wrong choice, but whatever. We are far from the only people that absolutely love this game. So we are about to go around the web. First off, we're gonna start with 022XX from Reddit. They say, honestly, the whole intro sequence, from the start of the storm where everyone is in a panic, to that cool sort of prog rock tune that kicks in, to suddenly (laughs) being interrupted by a screech and frantic metal during the first enemy encounter, to actual disaster happening to getting your ass kicked by Sadaros and Minardi with yet another awesome metal tune playing in the background that I actually had to stop and listen to. All the way up to when Isaac and Garrett are finally ready to s- finally ready to be their first of their kind to leave their village in generations and the music change when the adventure proper begins. I've never experienced so many emotions in a JRPG, let alone just the intro sequence. And the only other JRPG with as good of a soundtrack as the first Golden Sun is Chrono Trigger. Mm, you know what? I might have to get behind that opinion. That's pretty good. It's a good opinion. It's Prog Rock. I I have never heard the tune from the storm described as prog rock, but you're absolutely right. It Zero. just starts out with kind of this low bass going dun 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 dun, mm-hmm. and it gets like darker. Yeah, so greatest hits from the soundtrack, real quick. Um, the Storm, which is one you're talking about. Uh, Soul Sanctum, the Elemental Stars, both really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Kalima theme is fantastic. Satoros' battle theme is amazing. I'm still really grumpy we never got a battle theme for Alex, but whatever. Uh, Tolby's great. Colosso is great. Uh, Venus Lighthouse, obviously fantastic. The, the menu theme is really, really good. Oh, and yeah. the world map theme is really, really good. Like, like it's all, it's all so good. It's, I, I that's like half the soundtrack. I just listed half the it's, soundtrack. Well, that just shows. And the how ones good that are not good, the ones that are not as good, are still good. It's like pizza. Even, even the eh soundtracks or eh tracks are still, still pretty damn good, and it's still pizza. Exactly. Exactly it. Golden Sun soundtrack. It's pizza. Pretty. All of Golden Sun is pizza. All of Golden Sun's There you go. Uh, I think it's my turn. Uh, yeah. So this is, this is at SonicLink125 from Twitter. As someone who struggles to play Finnish RPGs, Golden Sun won my heart when I first discovered it from a friend. The idea of controlling the four elements sparked my interest to try it. Once I did, I fell in love with everything about it. A series no one should sleep on, ever. 
Here, here. Everything you said completely. It this this one grabbed me as just as well and grabbed you, and everyone should play it. Play it. Scott, what what element of adept are you? Ooh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jupiter. A good one. I floated around a lot in my life, like with which one I would be, but I think I think I would probably be Venus. I think yeah. I would. Yeah. I uh, that's see, probably wrong. I can see that. They're, they're... I like. I just like flowers. <laughs> there you go. Well, you can just swap out when you're not feeling flowery or something. Just swap out your gin, and uh, you can be a completely yeah. different uh, class. Anyway, I mean, you'll still that's be true, adept at this. I'd be one. I'd be a Venus adept with Mercury gin. That's what I would be. Next up, we have Arnoli, Arnoli Guru from Reddit. I've always really liked something about the Colima forest sequence when you first walk in and tra- tries to turn you into trees, but your synergy force field comes up and protects you. I don't know why, but that scene always really stuck out to me. Since I had Mia with me the first time I played, I since I had Mia with me the first time I played, I pretty much always had to go back, had to go get her before heading to Colima. I usually do Mercury Lighthouse before Kalima now because I may as well while I'm in the real, while I'm in the area. I also love everything to do with Loompa. I love sneaking in and I love fighting Tadumpa, and I love Dampa, being such a take no shit dad. I love the Crossbone Isle and most Ven- and most of all Venus Lighthouse. One of my favorite puzzles and is inextricably reading the minds of colored statues and putting them in the right place. I fell in love with Faizy the first time I played as a kid, and that feeling has stuck. There's basically nothing I don't love about Golden Sun. I feel like I could write a whole essay about each game and my favorite parts of each, even Dark Dawn, although definitely less than Golden Sun 1 and 2. Oh my gosh, this brought back so many more things! Share, share with the class. How wild is this game? How wild is it? So there's four party members, Isaac, Garrett, I'm, I'm and Mia. How wild is it that you can totally either go to, so you can go to Kalima, do Kalima Forest without Mia. Tret tells you, oh no, I'm going to die. And you're like, we can't let him die. And we're like, we don't have any way to stop him from dying. So I guess let's just, you know, scooch along and go back to what we were doing. Go up to Mercury Lighthouse, get Mia. Get the, you don't even specifically need Mia, you need the Hermes water. Get the Hermes water and then go heal him with Mia, or do it in reverse order. Go up with Mia, get the Her- get Mia, get the Hermes water, then come back and do all of Kalima together with Mia, and you get slightly different dialogue because Mia is with you. Like, you can do it either way. It's harder if you go up to Mercury Lighthouse yeah. first, because you have to fight Sataros um, without those extra levels that you get from mm-hmm. the tree. But, like, it's cool that it just has that kind of open-ended thing that you can do that's, like, so cool. And then another, like, totally optional thing, Lumpa is so optional. Hammock goes up there at the beginning of the game, and you can't get in, because I think you need Reveal and Cloak. Cloak's another synergy we didn't talk about that just sort yeah. of... Like, you use it once and then never again, but then you use it on Crossbow Isle. But you use it for Lumpa. You need Cloak and you need um, you need Reveal to do those, too. I think. I think you need Reveal. Maybe. Yeah, you do. Um, and you can't you can't go up there, but you can't go up there until, like, the very end of the game when you get Cloak from Babby. And so you have to go all the way back, and it's this totally optional dungeon that involves fighting, like, a toad version of a pissed-off thief. Like, what? What is this weird dungeon? And your reward is toxic, the Mercury Shen. This game is... It's just so good. It's really good. They cram 
a lot into 20 hours. They did. Into, I mean, this was an early Game Boy Advance game, too. Like, this was launch year. Like, this was their big holiday launch title. For was the this game a Boy. big holiday launch? I, I do not remember this. Because I wasn't, I was not aware of the industry then. I, I want to say this was their, Nintendo's big, or like, one of their big holiday titles. Um, because at this point, it was after the initial launch of the Game Boy Advance, which was earlier that year, I believe. And they had had Advance Wars already. They had um, the Super Mario Brothers Advance, which is just the Advance GBA port of Mario Brothers 2. They had the Castlevania that was already out. And I think with Nintendo Power, I remember this being pushed really hard. Um, and like in that magazine you you mentioned that this was one of their big holiday titles because this was coming out this came out November twelfth two thousand one so this was probably one of their big holiday titles for the Game Boy Advance. Oh my god! I just had another like really wild memory and I had to look to like make sure it was a real thing. Did you ever see the TV ad for Golden Sun? I don't remember it. I probably did, but I don't remember it. The TV ad for the original Golden Sun does not... So it's like a... I'm looking it up on YouTube. It's a 1 minute and 22 second long trailer. And Golden Sun itself does not actually appear in the trailer until... What is this? Like the 1 minute 17 second mark? Like the last 5 seconds of the trailer, basically? The whole trailer is an opera. And as the opera's going on, a giant dragon comes down from the chandelier and, like, roars over the opera. And then it cuts to, like, Golden Sun for the Game Boy Advance. And this is so funny, because Golden Sun, it, it's like a modern, it's like a modern opera. It's a modern setting. Mm -hmm. Like, people have gone to the opera. Golden Sun is not set in modern day. There are no operas. There are no chandelier dragons. But then, they made the chandelier dragon for Dark Dawn. <laughs> they put an opera house in Dark Dawn and finally gave us the chandelier dragon. I had forgotten all about that. Oh, that's so weird. Why is this game so weird and good? None of this yeah, should make any sense. None of this should work. Three seconds? Of yeah. Four seconds of Golden, of, of Golden Sun in a minute and 22 second long commercial. How would I ever know what this game is about from that ad? Yeah, no kidding. You keep, you keep giving me the really, really short ones. Yeah, actually, go ahead with this other one because I have been taking the long one, so you can have uh, have the next. Oh, have the next I wasn't couple. complaining. Um, this is from at Desert Poppy on Twitter. This is my favorite game ever. One of my favorite moments was when I was in the East Tundaria Islet and accidentally used douse. Snow came down instead of water. I was so amazed. I didn't know that. Never tried that. It's just one of those little touches that you won't, if you just are messing around, you'll find out. Darling. I loved Tundaria. I loved getting to see the whole world in the Lost Age. That was that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. So much underutilized potential. They could have just made a third game set in that same world without changing it all up. My gosh. Uh, this is the great Kashar on Reddit. It's not really any one memory, but I loved how the characters continued to interact even after their introduction. At every point in the game where you talked to someone important, Mia, Garrett, and Ivan had something to say and interacted with each other in some way. I know it's not a lot, but I'm so I'm so used to basically every other RPG where a character only gets a lot of focus during their introduction arc, and the and just remains silent the rest of the game, only really speaking when everyone else is. It was refreshing to see the entire adventure party actually act like friends and talk to each other, and then everyone seemed to acknowledge each other's ideas. That's true. That was really nice. Yeah, and it, it, he he make or they make a great point. It's 
you do a lot of times just get a lot of exposition and dialogue when they first join the party and then it's they're kind of quiet unless you're like a protagonist or doing a side quest directly involving them and you do really get the idea from this game that their friendship is blossoming and growing and they're becoming closer as friends yeah something that i liked a lot that got shown in lost age is that in spite of everything, there's like a point in the last stage where you have to decide that you're going to finally like talk to Isaac and his friends about what you're, what's been going on and try to like get them to team up with you. And this whole game, they've been chasing you and trying to stop you and defeat, maybe not kill you, but defeat you. Kill you, maybe, for all you know. And I love that you, you still, like even though you're wary of them and you're nervous, you still trust them. Like, maybe you trust mm -hmm. Isaac and Garrett the most because, like, Felix and Jenna grew up with them. Yeah. And I, I love I love that there is that trust and that trust has been established and you know that they're good people. You just have to, like, find a way to communicate what's going on. Yeah. It, it, it This game has a very good group dynamic and that's reflected in a lot of dialogue and how they, they behave, um, which just adds to you how special this game is and how memorable it is how it's remained such a, a a bright spot in our in our gaming histories next up we have at affinity for anime on twitter who apparently also wrote an entire walkthrough for this guy or for this game golden sun just has such an interesting and versatile combat and class system there are so many different ways you can choose to play the game and customize your characters through the use of Jin. I've never played another game like it. And we touched on this a little bit ago, how the mechanics and like the combat mechanics with the synergy and the Jin really haven't tried to be duplicated at all in any other games. No, I don't think, I mean, I guess in a way it's sort of a play on the, like a Final Fantasy job system in that you can, you have characters that sort of have an affinity for one particular thing, but then if you combine, if you like choose to train them in some other way, they'll get a different set of spells. But really, nothing quite this in depth. Like to the point where, and this especially shines in the second game. But to the point where, it's not just like, oh well, I'll give Isaac some Jupiter Gin and he'll learn some different spells. Like, like there are certain spells that you can only get with like an Earth Adept having like Mercury and Jupiter Gin on them at the same time, and that takes like. It takes like some consistent planning too, because whichever adept you're trying to get a specific spell or a specific like class or you know stat set on, that affects how you can raise all of the other ones. So yeah, mm -hmm. you might want to put all your Jupiter Gen on Isaac, but then there's none left for anyone else in the party, and so you have to figure out what you want to do with them. And the Lost Stage, like again, took another step further. Like they they had more characters, um, and those characters were not like Isaac, Felix and Isaac are basically the same, but then like Jenna was more of a spellcaster, Fire Adept, and Garrett was more of a swordsman. Um, Ivan and Shiva were pretty similar, but then Mia and Piers also had kind of that spellcaster. One of the things I don't like about this game is that it just kind of assumes that women, like, are always spellcasters. And I really, I always wanted a really good Lady Venus adept with a sword. Like, that's mm -hmm. all I wanted from this game was... I, when I used to do text-based role-playing for Golden Sun, I would always play a Venus adept lady with a big sword. Nice. What, what was your character's name? Shia. Shia? Yeah. LaBeouf? No. This is before I knew who Shia LaBeouf was. <laughs> no, she had red hair, and she grew up in Tolby, 
Okay. And her little brother w- wanted to join the Tolby army, but she thought he was stupid for wanting to do this. And she ended up getting caught up in some weird, like, plot to mess up the lighthouses or something. I don't know. I was very young. Where was this at? Do you remember? Oh, this like the. <laughs> was this, like, this... among friends in, like, a chat room? Was it on a forum? Uh, did you ever hear about Avid Gamers back in the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did some role plays out on Avid Gamers. Okay. Shout out to the good old clans from Light of Venus and uh, Shadows of the Lost Age. There you go. And Shout out. Still exist and listen to Golden Sun themed podcasts. Oh, we'll, we'll find them. We'll, we'll track them down. We'll find them. We'll track them down. Oh, it's my turn. Yes. Uh, this is uh, Bo the Schmo from Reddit. Okay, this might sound weird, but the thing I actually remember most strongly about the game was farming the end game drops to carry over into the second game. I found an FAQ that had RNG manipulation methods to guarantee the drops of all the endgame equipment, which is my first time seeing the concept, and it blew my mind that you could just cheese a game that hard. That's true. Uh, Golden Sun is actually the first time I learned about what RNG was and how it worked. Oh, man. Shout out to random number generators. <laughs> well, because it, you know, it like had a very clear, mm-hmm. there's a very clear way to explain it in relation to Golden Sun, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I never got, I never got that deep. I just farmed. And struggled and ran out of batteries. And spent so, so way too much time on forums. Yep. Good old days. GeoCities. Oh no. That's even worse. <laughs> ah, I remember those days. But I want to give a huge, huge thank you to everyone that submitted your memories for both on Twitter and on the Reddit post. There, we had so many responses. We unfortunately couldn't get to all of them, so in the shows in this episode's description, I will put a link to both of the Reddit threads that people have just blown up and filled with their own memories. So give it a give it a look through, check out, add your own memories, so we have a nice time capsule of uh, Golden Sun. Maybe everything that Rebecca and I have had have been talking about has gotten you interested. Maybe you haven't played this before and you're like, man, that sounds really cool because it is. And I really want to play it. Professor, where can I get this fantastic game? Well, I have some good news for you because we are going to tell you. Now, if you want to get a physical copy for Game Boy Advance, it's not too pricely. It'll run you between $20 and $30. You can get it on Amazon, eBay, things like that. Pretty readily available. You might luck out and skid it at a retro shop um, as well. I don't, that will be, of course, the price of those will be based on each location. But luckily, if you still have a Wii U around or you decide one day you want to get a Wii U, at least is in. That's a stretch, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. GameStop's try, trying to get them off the shelves. I know. But at least at the time of this recording, the Wii U eShop is still active. And you can buy Golden Sun and Golden Sun The Lost Age for $7.99 a piece, which is a steal. Fingers crossed that they will eventually bundle them into some kind of port for... You know what? The Switch at this point. I'd take a Switch port of Golden Sun and Golden Sun I the could, Lost Age. I could kind of see come the, like, the 20th anniversary, maybe like a, a Golden Sun collection on Switch of 1, 2, and 3. Mm. 
That'd be so nice. I could wow. see that. Dream big, everybody. Dream big. Dream big, man. The Switch is the console of dreams, so I don't put anything past the possibility of being on Switch. I could see even a Golden Sun Four, just because I, it's the system of dreams. I don't know if I want a Golden Sun Four anymore after Dark Dawn, but you'd still get it. I'd still get it. Yeah, I have no control over what Camelot's doing. They're gonna keep making Mario Tennis. Yeah. Maybe one day though. Maybe another uh, another studio will pick up the torch and and run with it. You never know. Oh, that's I mean that's a hard one to I I don't know I, I just don't know. It's one of those things where I've just loved it for so long and so well that I think I'd be dissatisfied no matter what people did. Mm-hmm. I'm insatiable. Got it. you you got that golden sun itch. You, <laughs> you need that hit. You need you need that hit of synergy. I do. But and. Let's say in this hypothetical situation, you have landed yourself a copy of Golden Sun, whether it be physical or digital, and you're like, man, where do I start? What I, I could really use some help with this. Well, luckily, we have some tips for you beginners as well, and both of our tips kind of revolve around the same thing, so I'm going to let uh, Rebecca give hers, and then I'll just kind of add on to it. So, Rebecca, what tips or advice would you give brand new Golden Sun players? Yeah, this is something that we kind of touched on earlier already, but definitely like messing around with your Jin. Um, don't like the, the mistake that I made when I was playing it the first time is I just and, and it's it's good at the beginning of the game, right? Like you get Flint, you put him on Isaac, everybody's happy. You keep like Venus Jin with the Venus adept, you keep Mars Jin with the Mars adept. But as you get more and more of them, you open up so many different customization options for the different like every time you swap Jin around. Adepts, you can see how their stats change. You can see the different synergies that they'll learn. Um, it like, and it also affects like who can like how they because they can use them in battle, right? And you know they'll get a boost to different kinds of synergy depending on which one they're using. So there's just there's so many different options. Like I recommend just parking in a dungeon for a while and just playing with them and seeing what kinds of classes you can make and what kinds of synergies you can have them learn and which ones you like. And you may find out that you just like keeping them kind of, you know, straight laced with the adepts of their elements, but definitely mess around with it and just see, see what, what kinds of things you can create. And especially if you end up getting into the lost age, there are even more opportunities for that. And if you don't, if you don't do that, you're missing like half the fun of the game systems. Completely agree. And to add on to her pit, or uh, her point uh with with Jin, it doesn't depending on your the makeup of your Jin that you have currently active it will change the character's class and these classes all have kind of the unique stat bonuses associated with them so be sure you take those into account when you're mixing up your Jin. also when you have a Jin on standby which allows you to summon things it will basically remove them from what the character is being tallied under in terms of synergy they know what their class is so you never want to necessarily have a lot of gin on standby just for for the hell of it if you're going to use them for a summon awesome but don't set them to standby and then forget it because you're only hurting yourself Oh my god, We there are so many things about this game! <laughs> the fact that if you use the Jin to use powerful attacks or stat boosts in battle, your characters grow weaker mm-hmm. until you unleash the super powerful attack, and then you have to sit and wait for several turns for them to recharge. Like, if there's strategy, guys! This game has strategy! Back in 2001, this was a heavy hitter. This, this did a <laughs> lot of stuff. It did so much work! It did so much, and... 
at least my little brain at that time, my young brain had no idea about a lot of this stuff. No, even no. even today, I've learned a bunch of things. Whether it's using douse in that town makes it snow, the killing things with different or the opposite attribute gets you better experience and rewards. All these things I'm learning. I love it. I love it. We're on to one of my favorite points of the episodes, the monster of the week. Rebecca, what's the monster this week? What's the Fenrir. Um, I killed so many of these guys in Venus Lighthouse trying to get the Kikuchimanji sword, which is, I think, the most powerful sword in the game. I feel like it was, or at least it was one of the most coveted. Um, you equipped it, equipped it to Ivan. Um, yeah, it was Ivan's hit, best sword. Yeah, hit, th- hit things with it, and it had, like... I remember right, it had a chance to, because, you know, the, that's another, God, we, yeah, like, so we didn't many even things touch, didn't touch about, on. like, unique Fucking items weapons. that caused effects and, like, casted spells and stuff. Yeah, there's, like, weapons, and you can attack with them, and, like, a regular, like, iron sword, you just attack with it, whatever, but, like, like there are these special, like, weapons or whatever that if you attack with them, like, there'd be a chance that it, you'd get a message that would say, you know, Kikuchimanji lets out a howl, and then it uses, like, a special ability that's super powerful. And Kikuchimanji, I don't remember what its ability was, but if it crit, like, if it had a really high chance to crit or something like that, and if it crit, then it would, like, do just, like, piles of damage. It was just wild. So good. But anyway, Fenverse dropped those. There's a really low chance to drop. Yep. So you had to kill just a ton of them to get it. It's true. It's true. And this mighty beast had 406 health. His attack stat was set to 357 with defense at 125. Agility was at 141 and his luck was at 9. He had a 175 mercury resistance and Venus and Jupiter resistance of 100, but only 25 resistance to Mars. Mercury power rating was at 115 and his power rating for Venus and Jupiter was at 95. If you manage to topple these beasts, you would, be, you would be rewarded with 402 experience and 212 coins, and just normally you would have a 1 out of 256 chance that he would drop the Kiki... Uh, Kikuchimanji, I think. That's yeah. how I said it in my head. K-Sword, I Perfect. think called it. On the interwebs back in the day. But if you beat him with an attack from an offensive Mars Jin, you'd be rewarded with 552 experience, 275 coins, and a 1 out of 64 chance to drop the hard-to-pronounce sword for Ivan. <laughs> you could find him in the previously mentioned awesome dungeon that was the Venus Lighthouse. Well, everybody, that is going to bring an end to the Golden Sun episode. I want to big give a big shout-out and huge thank you to Rebecca Valentine for coming by and talking and gushing about this fantastic game. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Oh, it was my pleasure. Where can people find you on the internet, and what do you got cooking? What can people look forward to? Uh, you can find my uh, my news writing. I'm a news reporter at gamesindustry.biz, so, you know, 
video game industry news, uh, BTV stuff, good stuff there. Uh, team there does a lot of good work. I'm on Twitter at Duck Valentine. Um, I am three recipes away from cooking every single recipe in the Elder Scrolls cookbook. I don't know when that's going to be done because those three recipes are contingent on cranberries appearing in stores, which should be literally any week now, but who knows. So as soon as those cranberries are there, um, I will have three more recipes to share. And that's a pinned tweet Twitter thread with photos of food that I've made from video games. So yeah, that's what I do. Perfect. I write news and I eat food. Awesome. What's What's been your favorite recipe from the uh, Elder Scrolls book? Oh, that's really tough. Um, I think it might be the juniper lamb chops. I love lamb. It's. I mean, I can't, like, it's, you know, lamb's fancy. I can't do it every, I can't do it very often. But it's a really, I, I love juniper. Um, Chelsea Monroe Castle does a whole bunch of different video game cookbooks. Uh, she did the World of Warcraft cookbook that had 100 recipes in that. I cooked every recipe in that cookbook a couple of years ago. That was fantastic. But that cookbook introduced me to juniper, which you buy at spice stores. And it's these berries and you could like, crush them with like a mortar and pestle. And then you can put them into like meat seasonings hmm. or apple cider or just all kinds of different things. And it just has this nice wintry bite to it I, I just love it Ooh, that does sound really really good i might have to check out these these recipes i've seen your thread post and they all look delicious uh but i might have to check out this recipe book it sounds pretty pretty good golden sun cookbook oh that would be awesome no but then we'd have horrible things like roasted hard nuts <laughs> these nuts Well, with the nut jokes here, that means it's time to bring this episode to a close. I want to thank every one of you who has stayed and listened to right to the very end. You've returned light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. You've gotten you you've netted yourself a new gin just for the hell of it. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service. We'd really appreciate it. And each rating and review you leave will cause a leaf on the mana tree to bloom, restoring balance and saving the world. Plus, We'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to talk about, be sure to tweet at Irrational underscore pod with the hashtag RPGU with what you'd like to see us talk about. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at IrrationalPod. You can also check check out our stuff at IrrationalPassions.com. We have a Twitch at twitch.tv slash IrrationalPassions and YouTube for all of our good video content at youtube.com slash IrrationalPassions. You can also leave all your memories with RPGs that you've played. So once again, everybody, thank you for stopping by. Class dismissed.